Hello everybody, this is Captain Katz. And we are Katz. Alright, and welcome back to the show. So, we sorry we haven't been recording or doing anything for the past couple of weeks. Life, work. Updates. Yeah, a lot of things. Software updates that we couldn't record. Mm-hmm, and amongst other things. So, we're sorry about all that, but we'll try our best to continue on for the rest of the year and try to finish this year strong. Mm-hmm. In some ways or another. Yeah. So, without further ado, let's start with the show. Okay, so this past week... Um, Tokyo Game Show, and I'm just going to say it right now, it was kind of disappointing. It was disappointing to the fact, and to the point where, yeah, there were certain games that were announced that was kind of like, oh, hey, yeah, I forgot about that one, Bayonetta 3. Mm. Um, and then you had other games where you're just like, oh, okay, eh. Final Fantasy, you know, and um, and then there were some announcements and some games. You were just like, mm, meh. you know, Smash Brothers. Um, <laughs> yeah, all in all, it wasn't really it was it was wasn't really that interesting this year. There were certain there were certain uh, press conferences that were interesting to watch. And seeing what they were go- what they were having, like the um, Ganshin Impact, Ganshin Impact, SNK, kind of, but it was a little disappointing at the same time. Microsoft was really interesting, um, and uh, even the little um, independent ones and Namco Bandai changing their logo and whatnot. But then again, all in all, it wasn't. Uh, Comparing to last year's, last year's I thought that was better. I thought last year's um, TGS was a lot better. This year, I thought they were just playing it too safe, and a lot of the companies were just like, eh, let's just half-ass it and just give the people what they want. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you. What, did you, what did you think? Well, there was some stuff going on, like... Uh... Square Enix's uh, new Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier. Yeah, like I said, I uh, wasn't impressed. I wasn't surprised. Yeah, and just in case anybody who missed it, they're doing, uh, since this is now barely October, they're, you know, pre-registers. It'll come out in November. Uh-huh. So. But, um... Um... There was, like, nothing that was, like... You know. I was hoping to see... Because I saw some snippets in Twitter, but I don't know if it's related to Tokyo Game Show, of the, uh... Actual use of the Taito Egret Two. Okay, yeah, that was a, that, that was a separate thing. But uh, in case you guys don't know, um, this is another mini arcade console that's coming out. But um, courtesy of the Tokyo Game Show, they did show and Taito, of course. Um, they did show the size of it, and it looks pretty big. And the reason for it is because it, it works. Almost exactly like the you know the big original version arcade cabinet, where uh, um, like let's say you want to play a shooter, and they actually had an example which was so freaking awesome. Okay, you're gonna play. They, they, this guy was gonna play Tiger Heli as a demo. Okay, fine, right. but it was on like the regular horizontal, mm-hmm. and so I guess he was instructed because it was on Japanese. He was instructed like okay, press the black sides or whatever or the corners, and then click it, the screen pops out. He turned it. Um, 
clockwise from horizontal to vertical. Vertical, yeah. And then snap it back to place, you know, because it was all messed, like, you know, it was like, you're still looking at it sideways. Now snap it back to place. Snap, the, the, the screen flips, and there you go. You're playing, uh, you're supposed to play, uh, if the shooter's uh, the screen. Yeah, the, like the, the... And it was flawless. Yeah, it, it would have done exactly like I would have done with its uh, arcade uh, one 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 counterpart. Where a little bit more complicated, but the same exact type of thing. You can turn the I wanna, screen. No, I want to say complicated. It was more of like how the way the um, motherboard and everything. It doesn't reset or anything like that. It just automatically adjusts to what the screen is. Just like at the actual arcade, the life-size arcade. You know, you adjust it and everything like that. And the game adjusts itself to the screen as well. You know, with no with like with, with no slowdowns, with no delays. Oh, or, no. And the guy was saying, Sugoi, Sugoi. Like, like. Yeah, well, I can take that as uh, you know. That's freaking. Aw- that's awesome. That's awesome. And it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still, still trying to look for you know if there's any somehow links or people's or vendors that are going to get this sucker ready by March 22nd. Yes, of next year. Of next year, then uh, I'm all in. Yeah. Well, they never said anything about uh, international sale yet, but. Um, yeah, I'm sold on this. I'm don't give a shit. I'll, I'll, find, I'll find a vendor. Uh, I'll fucking take it. I don't care. Yeah, I'll even pay for the... Yeah, I know shipping is ridiculously expensive. But don't care. Right, yeah. Um, but what about like uh, the other accessories? I mean, they're just as valuable. <laughs> yeah, you have like... Uh, what was it? You had the arcade stick. The Hori 6. Yeah, the Hori sticks, the Hori controller, the rolling ball, the, the turn knobs. Um, Unfortunately, you do have to do, get the rolling ball. You know, like camel try. Yes. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but and then no, but you see, even those they come with additional games with it as well, just specifically for those set controllers. I know. Um, so yeah, but other than that, yeah, that is um, something worth getting. Uh, something worth. Getting. And also, and there's also connect, connects to the screen, right? Like the TV screen, if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's awesome. Yeah, but like I said, um, Tokyo Game Show, it was kind of disappointing. It was good, but it wasn't as great as last year's. Last year's, I thought, was really, 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 really good. Um, but, you know, meh. You win some, you lose some. Um, yeah. I, mean, I mean, they're doing it for safety purposes. Hopefully by next year's, they're... It's not because of safety purposes, because last year they did safety purposes as well. I think the, I think the main difference was... That last year, there was a lot of great announcements, a lot of surprises and stuff like that and whatnot. This year, it was just more of like, uh, what do we have? Let's just throw stuff to the wall and see what sticks and then just give the people what they want. That was basically what was that. You know, nothing new, nothing crazy, nothing innovative, you know. Um... But one of the things that well, I think one of the game series that did um, caught my eye uh, that that came out of left field was the Cotton series. That they're re-releasing the Cotton series, especially the Saturn versions of the Cotton series games. Um, really good series, really good shoot 'em series. Really expensive if you want to get the original copies and everything like that. So unless if you're willing to spend a good couple hundred or a thousand. For a copy of the of the Cotton series of the Saturn and also for the Genesis and whatnot, um, recommend you to go get the the physical or digital copies of the games that are out right now, 
a lot more cheaper, bang for your buck, and doesn't leave a dent in your wallet. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, so moving on to some other news. Um, there was just reports out that Archer is coming back for another season. Uh, they're coming back for season 13, but the biggest issue with that is what's going to happen to Mallory. Yeah. I mean, they usually took out Woodhouse, you know, you know. Well, re well no, because the voice actor who did Woodhouse passed away while the series was in um, hiatus, you know. Uh, well, no, when it was like the season, like... Uh, no, I mean, that was kind of easy to write them off. It's, you know, right, World right, War right. One vet and stuff, it was almost 100, that sort of thing. Yeah. But this is different because of Mallory, so it's like, okay, what's going to happen to Sterling? And also, more importantly, you know, the big theme in his life and, you know, in the, in the show is like, um, is, is he ever going to find out who his father really is? Yeah. So it's going it's to be interesting with that one. But uh, all in all, also too, what do you think of this this season's Archer so far? Well, due to the uh, life and the updates and stuff like that, I have yet to um, I have to do a double. I might have to do a triple just to sum up the entire series. Mm. But so far, yeah, I might have to do a triple triple mm. hit for for that for this week for this upcoming um, writing assignments. Mm. But the thing is, what I like is. There is a consistency, like they're still progressing, and it started with the the season finale of last season, where mm -hmm. he where he he racked on the team because of uh, oh well, I'm the one who saves the world, and what have you been doing? Mediocre jobs. Right. That does has nothing to do with saving the world, and you know I came out of a coma and yeah, and all that yeah, and all that stuff. The thing is, since that episode, that moment, and then this season, there is a consistent. You know, time frame that they're continuing on this. Mm -hmm. You know, going to England, getting smashed, and then inadvertently <laughs> uh, getting into trouble, which connects to the next episode. You know, for example, with Lana and her issues with Robert. Mm -hmm. He he trusts her enough to like. Well, she's probably doing something um, work related, as opposed to like, oh, I, I think she's cheating on me. Right. So there's still a consistency of of. of well, in this case of dysfunctionality going on. Yeah. But it's all relevant. They're still interconnected. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's going to be hard missing uh, Mallory if they decide to write her off. Yeah. But she has to go out in a way that that we distinguish her. Yeah. Maybe quietly like Woodhouse. Nah. Except, no, no, no. It was quiet in in their world. Because, you know, Archer was in a coma and Woodhouse died. This time, you know, how is it going to be quiet if Archer's, you know, up and about, you know, out of a coma and mm -hmm. that sort of thing? Yeah. So it'd be interesting. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we just got to wait and see how season 13 uh, works out. Um, speaking of that, uh, moving on to anime. Uh, in manga, uh, the world lost another great legendary manga um, creator, and that is the creator of Gogo Thirteen himself, uh, Takesito. Takesito. Yeah, is it? Did I pronounce his name wrong? If I did, if I yeah, did, you did. Yeah, I did. Okay, I'm sorry, but um, Saito, 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 Saito. 
Well, because it continues. Yeah, Takao Saito. Takao there we Saito. go. Yeah, Takao Saito. Yeah. Um, Gogo 13. Yeah. So, in, in serialized in big comics since 1968. Yeah. Uh, Oldest manga still in production, which he may be dead, but he still has works that have yet to be published. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Let me say it out to the people. Yeah. Um, to the listeners. Um, so, it has the Guinness Book of World Record being the longest running manga. Um, and also, with uh, they re- they recently released 200, volume 201, and 202 is going to come out by December. Um, not only that too, but the series, and if it's 52 year run, it's only been in hiatus once. And that was last year due to COVID. Yeah. That was the only time that they missed, um, their due date. You know, um, and the series has become, has become iconic to the point where they actually have an award called the Gogo 13 Award for up-and-coming manga artists and writers. <coughs> that says a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, but on the 40th, I think the 40th, the 45th or 50th anniversary of Gogo 13, <coughs> they, did a, they, they did a contest with Rolex. That Rolex literally created 13 rare special rare limited edition gogo 13 watches for 13 uh contestants for 13 winners and i heard that a lot of people try to win those and um it's really sad because we like just like berserk we don't know when the series was going to end you know um but before he passed away, he passed away through uh, pancreas cancer. Pancreatic. Pancreatic yeah. cancer, yeah. Um, both his his production company, uh, Saito Productions, and also Big Comics, uh, they're in talks of continuing the work of GoGo13 without him because there's been, uh, there's been, it's been said that he has at least a good five to ten years worth of written material lined up. And that his assistants can take care of all the majority of the work, you know. And there was, and there's even, he even uh, said back in 2015 that the series was already going to reach its final arc. Um, but we don't know if that's going to happen or not. But still, um, all I have to say was that GoGo Thirteen spawned numerous uh, merchandise, live a couple of live action films, a couple of video games, OVAs, anime series, uh, and animated films. Oh, in uh, case the, of the, the films, uh, the first uh, live action seventy three, Gogo thirteen, mm-hmm. and then the second one in nineteen seventy seven, Assignment Kowloon. Yeah, one of them was with Sanchiva, right? I think they were both. Wait, let me see. No, the no, first no. one. I know one of them was Sanchiva. The first one was Ken Tak uh, Takakura. Yeah, and I think the more well known one is Assignment Kowloon with uh, Sanchiva. Yeah, see, that's the one. Yeah, 
Um, not only that, but also the first uh, animated film of Gogo 13, The Professional, was the first animated film, anime film, to incorporate uh, 3D graphics. Even though that back then, okay, if you guys ever have the chance, watch uh, The Professional Gogo 13. Great film, great storytelling, beautiful artwork. The 3D animation part, okay. Back then, it was amazing because you never seen stuff like that. Oh yeah. Now, if you can, if you watch it compared to now, even it, the crappiest uh, 3D art that's happening today is much better than back then. Yes. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, uh, right in this case, I had a spoonful. <laughs> yeah. So. But hey, not bad for 1983, right? Yeah. 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 It was ahead of the time. So, but yeah. I have to say, another huge loss. And uh, speaking of that, um, we're going to be sticking to Japan, but for music, because you have something to say about music that's going to be coming out. Oh, well, but before then, you know, I actually got the uh, the vinyl album of the Global 13 for the professional movie. Yes, by Compix, yes, and it also has those 3D graphics, so... <laughs> but, uh, moving from that topic to this come up, upcoming topic... Um, uh, this is basically for all you fans of City Pop, because this is something that's going to be like a collector's item. Yeah, uh, this was while I was working on my uh, my written um, about uh, Maria Takeuchi and her... Uh, comeback album. Co- comeback album, Variety, which was back in 84, which is about to celebrate its uh, 30... Well, it's almost 40 years old. Yeah. But the point is... As as of uh, you know researching my stuff, let me go to my cell phone because I have it from Tower Records Japan. You know this caught my attention when I was uh, looking up um, Plastic Love. You know, um, all of a sudden pe- people started using the beat in 2017 or something, and that led to people looking up the original version. And obviously the original version whoops ass. Mm-hmm. But the point is, this upcoming November third. Is known as record day you know go go out and buy your vinyl mm-hmm. us you know some certain vinyls will be on a reason at a reasonable good price and you know if it uh you know if something you want is in that list of you know vinyls that are going to be reasonably priced go get it in this case um she will be presenting um plastic love well originally she was going to do plastic love as a 12-inch, well, they're calling it analog single. So it'll be a reprint of the original 1985 12-inch single. Uh, the side A was the Plastic Love Extended Club Mix, um, which is uh, this is also produced by a famous uh, produce uh, arranger musician uh, Tatsuro Yamashita of Right on Time. Who was also her husband. Who right? was also her husband. So <laughs> no wonder she she kicked coming back, came back and kicked ass in '84. And then side B was the Classic Love new remix, but they're not going to give you the new remix version. So um, so if you buy it, you'll get the side A Classic Love extended club mix, and the original version that was recorded in her album Variety, which Plastic Love came from, the album Variety. Uh, and on the same day, she decided uh, to re-release the analog, well, LPs, versions of her original albums 
of variety and request. Obviously, variety is back in 84. Request was their seventh album in 87. So it has some singles such as Koino Arashi, Time and Space Traveler, uh, Dream Continuation, and Stop Kenka, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, they uh, they weren't gonna. Uh, the reason why they were uh, giving out the uh, 12 inch single as well is because uh, the original came out in '85. I tried looking for it, no dice. It's either you know it's either I, ain't, I there's no way I can find it or it's gonna be stupid expensive. Mm -hmm. A uh, good example, if you want to buy the original, the original '84 release of uh, Takeuchi's album Friday, you're looking at at least eight hundred dollars on eBay, and that's the cheapest. Amazon, forget it. You're looking at for at least for the 30th anniversary, you're looking at over two thousand dollars. No one's touching those. Yeah, of course. So all these three will be. Um, right now, I'm seeing on Tower that you can reserve it. Um, just in case, regular price twenty three hundred ten yen for the uh, single. Um, that's like twenty two dollars and change. Mm -hmm. And variety and request equally cost three thousand six hundred thirty yen. That's like uh, uh, shoot, like thirty something bucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, to totaling, like if you wanted to buy them right now, mm -hmm. uh, if you're going to use American dollars, that's eighty six bucks. Not counting shipping. And in, in this case, it's going to be a little complicated, but I'm going to try my damnedest to get these three because this is all I'm going to get. The cheapest I could get on eBay is like a hundred and something bucks, and even then, it's probably crappily used. Mm. So, this is all I got. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll keep you up to date on his struggles to see whether or not he can get this collector's item or not. Um, before we go, a couple other albums that are celebrating uh, anniversaries as well. Um, Ghostface Killer, his debut album, uh, Iron Man, turns 25. Um, this album was something different and unique that came out back in 96. Nobody wasn't expecting this, was expecting Ghostface Killer to come out hard, rugged, very, very, um, I would say over the top, but also yet on a level where you don't know if he was shooting on someone or just rhyming for the hell of it. Oh, you're talking about the uh, fame, infamous uh, uh, Source Awards incident. Well, not only that... Because it has also, a song that caused it. No, yeah. But no, but I'm saying not only that, but if you listen to tracks like um, All I Got Is You, Assassination Day... Yeah, um, fish, fish. Yeah, you don't even you you don't know if he's shooting on someone, or he's just dissing on someone, or you know makes you think he's picking a fight with someone, or mm -hmm. ta or talking smack about someone. Okay, so that one song, um, thanks to him, because um, he claimed, and I think he did get jacked at the Source Awards. And then and then in the lyric he says, "Next year, two hundred bleep." coming with swords they took that as a threat and the source awards ceased to exist wait don't they still? i don't even know all i know is well they, i know they, that the the upcoming source awards of that year they were like no we're not doing it yeah because they didn't know if he was being serious or not that's the thing you know um 
but still a really good hip hop album. Um, would I recommend it for you guys to listen to? Yes, yes, I would because this is where Ghostface Killer was. A lot of people said that, oh, he's like a carbon copy of Raekwon. This album shows that he is not a carbon copy of Raekwon. He was being himself. And if you like this album, get his second album. Um, Supreme Clientel, is it? Supreme Clientel? Yeah, I think it was Supreme Clientel. Yeah, that uh, his second album, Supreme Clientel. Let me check out real quick. Yeah. Supreme Clientel. Oof. Yeah. Was a really good album, um, as well, and that one solidified him as like okay, he's one of the best MCs the Wu Tang has. You know the Wu Tang Clan has next to the Jizza and uh, Meth and ODB. Uh, another album that's turned yeah, out- it's his second album, yeah. Supreme Clientele. Thought so. Um, another album that we're gonna talk about too, that turns twenty five, is Rage Against the Machine. And their second album, Evil Empire. Um, It was very political. But you wouldn't know that if you didn't listen to their their debut album back in 92. Um, The album was heavy. It was hard. It was straight in your face um, from a political standpoint, from a political point of view. That whole album just basically summed up what the political standpoint and view of the 90s were in America. And it wasn't that pretty. It wasn't that good. But that whole album, if you actually take the time to sit down and listen to the whole album with an open mind, it was really good. Provocative, yes. Political, yes. Um, Will you agree with a lot of it? Depends on the individual who's listening to it. But I do highly recommend you to listen to this album. Not just for the lyrics and from the political um, arguments, for argument's sake, that uh, certain songs we're talking about. For for example, they had topics such as uh, Nixon. What did they thought about Nixon? What did they thought about the U.S.-Mexican border issue? What did they thought about what how the, the political standpoint of America was back in the 90s? Um... You know, the L.A. riots, the Rodney King beatings, uh, corruption, um, you name it, you know. Um, oh, and even uh, talking about uh, the Zapata's uh, revolution, mm. you know. Uh, all in all, very smart, very political. The music was just hard, great, was screamed out 90s. Would I recommend this album? Yes, I would. But I would also recommend this album with a suggestion, and that is listen to it with an open mind. No. And the last album we're going to be talking about... um, for today is Tupac's last album. All eyes on me. Mm. This was his last album before we all knew what happened. And I think this album 
bar none. If you were going to do a list of like the top 10 greatest hip hop albums of all time, this album is definitely in that conversation, definitely in that list. Personally, I think this album would be maybe in the top five, top four. Mm. You know, Tupac Shakur, he was a poet. This album shows what was he thinking what was going in his mind what was in his mind what was he what, what was his thoughts you know what he thought about things you know but and he told it in a very real way a raw rugged real way you know and i think if there was an album that would represent the west coast hip-hop of the 90s this would be it you know don't believe me there's college courses out there that breaks down songs from Tupac and so people can try to understand what did he meant by this song? What did he meant by this rhyme? Why why did why did he put poetry in this song that was talking about drugs or something like that? You know? And it's a great album. It's a really, really, really great album. Uh, recommend you guys to listen to it. Uh, we'll do a report on it, uh, review on it as well uh, soon. And um, definitely, definitely, uh, these three albums are really good. Um, not only that too, but a quick shout out to Prince as well. Diamonds and Pearls turns uh, 30? 30. 30, yeah. yeah time. Mount 91. Yeah. A lot of people said that that album changed the way of R&B music was going to be for the near future. And also, uh, another album that turns 40 from Prince that a lot of people don't really talk about. And that is also um, Controversy, right? Yeah, Controversy. Controversy, yes. Um, And that uh, Controversy is... The equivalent to David Bowie's Hockey Dory. Wondering why I'm saying, why I say that is because in Hockey Dory, that's when David Bowie started to become David Bowie. The David Bowie that we've grown to know and love. The David Bowie that many people consider to be one of the best um, rock legends that ever lived. Great, one of the greatest stage men that ever lived. Want a good example? You know what was the album that came out after Honky Dory? Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders of Mars. Yep. Prince, on the cover of, of um, Controversy, he was wearing the now iconic purple jacket, the purple suit. You know? Um, and you want to know what album came out after that album? 1999. Yep. Controversy was the album that Prince started to become Prince. Well, let me take that back. When Prince was starting to become the purple one. You know, with uh, lyrics and topics about uh, love, life, decisions, um, controversy, and also sexuality. 
if you're wondering why, I'm just going to give you a name of one album, the one song, Jack You Off. Um, that album, pretty much Prince just decided if he was going to do music his way, he was going to do it the way that nobody wouldn't see see him coming from. You know, not only that, but he was also moving away from the previous music that he was doing, like funk and like funk and R&B and started to gravitate to a different type of rock and roll that only Prince could do. So if you listen to Controversy and then go listen to 1999, huge difference when it comes to those two albums. But that you can still see that, oh, there's a little bit of controversy in 1999. And that you can see in controversy, this is where the purple one was starting to get his mojo going. 1999, that's when it was full swing. And then we had um, Purple Rain. That was basically the quintessential song, the quintessential album for the purple one in his era of then. Yeah. So, yeah. So, until then, thank you guys very much for listening to us. Hope to come back with next week so we can listen, so we can talk about more random things around the world and pop culture and whatnot. I am Captain Cats. And we are cats. Thank you guys so much. Hope you guys have a wonderful time. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe. Enjoy life outside. And remember, it's October, Halloween. Have a good one. Oktoberfest. And Oktoberfest, yes, thank you. Um, and amongst other things. Until then, take care. Have a good one. We'll see you guys next week. Yo-ho. Bye-bye.